How's everyone doing? Welcome along to another episode of the Dave Donahue podcast. Today's topic I consider one of the most important episodes I've recorded so far. It's to do with the art of conversation for teenagers. Specifically, how can teenagers create better conversations and learn the skill of conversation in many different environments? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I feel from a social standpoint, and especially in the age of phone technology we live in, this is a conversation worth having. Whether it's a teenager going from the end of primary school into secondary school, where their social environment and structure can change, or whether it's them going from first year to second year, where some of their classes will get switched up for honours and pass, or towards the end of secondary, where they go into college and they have this to do all over again. They're more mature, but the same conversation skills will be drawn on. Fast forward the end of college, or even at the end of secondary, if they don't do a college course, discussion in the workplace mixing with others. This is where it's at when it comes to a fundamental social skill for teenagers, just the art of making conversation. At our most basic level, we're social creatures. Like there's been tribes going on for centuries. And even to this day, like CrossFit, that is a form of a tribe. There's many forms of tribes. Yoga classes, if people all hang out together afterwards, it's their own sort of tribe. The whole thing about connection, it starts with conversation. It starts with the simple, hello, how are you? Now, if a teenager was to say, you know what, I don't talk to people. If somebody says, I don't, and they insert whatever action afterwards, like, I don't paradise, I don't eat out much. Don't points to behavior. Don't implies that you don't do it. Whereas if somebody was to say, I can't talk to people, using the word can't can point to somebody's belief. So, If you're a teenager out there and you're saying, I can't talk to people or I don't talk to people, I'll get into beliefs in another episode. However, this don't implying you don't do it. In this lesson today, I'm going to lay out some skills that you can begin to use yourself to have better conversations with people or open brand new conversations with other people. And just to clarify this episode, it's for teenagers, parents, anybody who works with teens that they see just aren't making enough conversation, things like that. And again, just reach out. I'd love to make more connections with more of you. Uh, Just send me an email. Let me know your thoughts. If there's any other topics as well you'd like to see me cover with regards to teenagers, just post in the comments below. Uh, I've done a few already. Time management. I've done one on self-awareness and I'll link them beneath this podcast. So if I was talking with the teen who said, you know what, I don't talk to many people. My first one would be, who do you like to talk with? And who do you talk with regularly? And usually I'll find a circle of friends. Because this circle of friends offers opportunity for learning. So as an example, they could say they're friends. Here's the important bit. I'd ask then, well, what do you talk about in that group? And if this student said, oh, we talk about board games. And we talk about loads of other stuff. And I'd be like, yeah, but what's the main thing that you all talk about? What's the shared interest? For some, it can be sport. Others, it can be board games. Others, it can be video games. It can be anything at all. So if they said board games... Just to point out the importance of topics when it comes to conversations, because it's the topics that can glue people together. I'd say to them, I'd go, well, what would happen then if, let's say I took out all your friends and brought in five or six new friends, and those friends weren't into board games at all, but they absolutely loved season eight of X Factor. They always talked about it all the time. Well, the teenager then could be like, well, uh it'd be kind of harder to talk with them which would lead me to go well then would you move on and 
maybe try and find some people with some of your interests again. And they usually go, yeah, actually, that makes sense. Now, I use that mini lesson just to point out the importance of having topics to talk about. And of course, as I said to the teenagers, I'm like, not everybody will be into the same stuff as he. And sometimes you'd be in an environment that maybe nobody's into board games or nobody's into horse riding, whatever your interest is. And that's where opening up this art and developing it as a skill of making new conversation can come in handy. Because at the end of the day, you will want to talk with somebody on some level in some fashion. And you'll need some skills if they're not into the exact same things as you. There are three key areas I see for teenagers to develop conversations in. One, they already do. Let's say it's the school environment. It's an environment they'd be in for many hours of the day. It's an environment where they'd have their go-to friends that they might be sitting beside somebody in geography. Then they move to maths and they sit beside a different friend so they could have a soccer conversation in geography and then an art conversation in a different subject. And it's kind of all set up to talk with others, to make conversations and to feel familiar and safe in environments. That can change over time. Like I think at this stage, even first years will have already begun forgotten about the adjustment period that was happening in September. They're in the system now. They're in the environment of a school. It can be very easy to forget some of the things they did to mix with others at the beginning. And sometimes they might never rediscover that. And that's why having a few points to call back on anytime you're in a brand new environment that you want to mix with new people, it can be a nice little list to have of things to do. So we'll go into some conversation starters in a while. So that's environment number one. That's the first place, school. And that's where they'd have a circle of friends and they'd be mixing. They'd have people they'd associate with. The second area is another area of comfort. It would be their area of choice or their area of interest. For example, if they're into rugby, they do rugby at the weekend or rugby at break. Now they're in the environment of rugby where they're with people who are doing the same activity. Odds are they watched the Ireland match last weekend. Odds are they may have been to a match once. There's loads of mini topics that can be brought up out of the wide umbrella of rugby. So again, that sometimes can be a challenge, but a lot of the time it isn't because there's a lot of interest going on. Now this third place, this is the place that I have a keen interest in and I see there being a massive opportunity for growth for teenagers and a skill set to develop. It's where they're put someplace they've no choice to be in. It could be their latest subject in school and now they've been swapped into honours or pass and now they're in a class full of people and fair enough, they could there could be some people from their form that they're familiar with already but what if they're not? What if it's a brand new class? Or a common one as well that I see at times is if somebody does transition year and we'd say their closest mates didn't do it. Once that person goes back into fifth year that's when they might have more socialising to do to create stronger connections with others. Because connection, there can be a hierarchy. We have those we're closest with and we have the best conversations with and those that we basically associate with that we say hello to and things like that. There can be need within teens to have that person close to them. And making conversations is where it begins. So as an example, as I said one day to somebody, I said, okay, I'm putting you in an environment that you know nobody. What are you going to do? Probably the first place to start and they might go well could ask them how are you and i was like great that's a good start and then if the person goes good and they say back to you i'm good how are you it's still at a real surface level of just a greeting of common greeting whereas 
I said, look for obvious commonalities. Like sometimes what somebody's wearing is a clue. Like if you walk into a room and you're into rugby and you see somebody wearing an Ireland jersey, maybe sit beside them. You know that they, they're into rugby or at least somebody was into rugby that they know that got them the top. So looking for clues that way on presentation can work like bands, uh, other things like that, other sport jerseys. There are the age old ones. Like when I teach guitar and somebody new comes into me, I usually ask some stuff to do at school. And I don't mean personal stuff. I mean just general stuff like, did you do any sports at school? Because I know they're in school. <laughs> so it's it's a really good place to start. So common things. It can be like, oh, what school, what options do you do? It can be, did you get the homework done this week? I heard we got loads of it. I missed that class. Or it can be even common teachers. Like there's a really fun teacher. I've had great conversations when I was in school where somebody might go, oh, you've missed her whoever. And all of a sudden, you're all talking about Mr. Whoever, but how funny is, or Miss Whoever, how fun she is. And now you're in an area of common interest, which can lead to other things. And people generally tend to like people who have things in common with them. This is a word of warning, then. Sometimes a commonality isn't a good thing. It'll depend on the person you talk with. Uh, years ago, I remember, and I'd always be into commonalities. I'd always be searching them out. If I start a brand new classic guitar, I usually find out what everyone has in common. And then there's a greater feeling of connection within the class. But I was given a workshop years ago. And what happened was, there was a large group in it, about 10 to 15. And I thought, okay, time to bring everyone together. And there's was, was a good lot of lads in it. And looking back on it, I don't know why I did this, but I asked, oh, who here's into soccer? And I knew a load of them would be. I saw one or two jerseys, but man, did the biggest debate ever start. It was, Man United are the best. Then across the way, Liverpool are the best, man, you know, they're crap. Now, national school kids can go back and over like that. However, that tension can go into secondary school, whereas somebody's into Man United, somebody's into Liverpool. So if you're into soccer, and you ask the other person, oh, are you into soccer? And they say, oh, I am. If they're into a different club than you, maybe get off that topic. It'll depend on the person. Like Some people can have really civilized intellectual conversations about the differences between their two clubs. But other times then it's just like there's just friction there from the get-go. You're after pointing out a massive divide between you and the other person on the level of soccer. But <laughs> for some people, soccer is a religion. It can be a big enough divide to stop a conversation. So just to reiterate on that, that would be look for commonalities. But if you feel, and that's commonalities on a macro level, macro being big picture, it's like soccer, main interest, micro being the exact team. So you can kind of steer away from conversations if you feel there'll be friction on the micro level. So we've moved past the general starter of, hi, how are you? And the person going, good, how are you? And that's where it can end. As I said to a student one day, I was like, it's about creating curious conversations. And if you answer yes or no, it just ends the conversation flow. It'll be up to the other person to ask you again. And then if you go, sound or if you just give one word or one line answers, they'll be up to them again. And it's more of a one-way street, one-way conversation. Conversation, I said to a student one day, it's almost like a game of tennis. Somebody will hit over the ball in the form of a sentence or a question. It's up to you to receive it and hit it back. And it'll go back and over, back and over, until eventually you're just in the flow of the conversation. And that's where asking conversations for the first while is handy. Just gather information about what the person's in, and eventually you can just go 
you can just go into just dialogue just talking back and over that's where sentences are fine then because like the start is something rolling down a hill it'll take a bit of momentum to start up the conversation till it just starts to roll and what topics could you bring up well you could bring up sport video games board games books movies tv youtube videos there's a whole multitude of things and that's if there isn't any visual clues as to if they're into soccer or youtube or a specific youtuber or anything like that and as somebody said to me one day, they said, yeah, this is well and good, but what if they're not into anthem? I'm into, and now we're sitting beside each other. Like, for example, on a bus trip or something like that. And the phone always is an option, but it can be an easy cop out at times. And you end up going back talking with who you already know. And the day will come where you won't be allowed to have your phone on you, or you won't have it on you. And we, fair enough, we've evolved from the caveman days, but at the end of the day, we still have that brain that craves connection, that craves social things. And the phone does tick a lot of boxes in some f- sense through apps and notifications, but to be really old-fashioned about it, maybe connecting face-to-face is good too. Certain days can carry certain questions. On a Monday, as I said to one teenager, I said, do you know what can be a good thing? It can be to ask somebody, how's your weekend? On a Friday though, Asking them about how their weekend was. Well, it's kind of closer to happening again. So, any plans for the weekend? Questions based in the past and questions based in the future are good places to start. The thing is that some people rather reference the future or they rather reference the past. And if you ask them about things, if you ask them about a Man United game, if they're talking about upcoming things and they just keep talking about what's coming up, What's coming up? What'll be happening with the future Man United? It gives you an indication that they have a preference for looking towards the future, that they're quite future-based. Whereas if they talk about the good old days and they're talking about Man United in the past and they're talking about old players and, oh man, they, then they have a preference for the past and it could be a good idea to meet them there and chat with them there. Because if they talk past, past, past and you talk future, 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 There's quite a divide there again, even though you're in the realm of the same topic. So as you can see, it goes, it can go, this can go as deep as you want or as big picture as you want. But the main thing is just to try a few of the things and see which ones work for you. Some people are more activity based or people based. Now in business, that can be called like task based or person based. So if you ask somebody how's last weekend and they give you a whole ream of every activity they went at. That gives you an indication they have a preference for action, a preference for going and doing things. Whereas if somebody else said, that oh, was a grand weekend, yeah, we, um, I met Mary, met John. That's John is in John Smith, you know, and these names are real. <laughs> and Joe, Joe Bloggs, of course. You know, if they just talk about the people and the talk, then they obviously value people. If And if they've neglected to mention a load of activities, Maybe talking about activities with them wouldn't be the best idea then. Again, you can test these, these things out with the flow of the conversation. If it starts to jam a bit, you'll know it's time to do something different or try something different. And again, since it's a skill, it's all about just doing it and learning from it. And back to the whole, well, what now if, what now if they're only into rugby and I love board games and I have no interest in rugby? I think even adults out there, I think you can relate to this, where if you're at a social event, I think weddings are a good example. You know, at weddings, it can be a good example where adults suddenly have to do that whole thing again of chatting with people across the table, 
and comes down to finding commonalities and shared ground and interests and things like that. So any teenagers listening, this uh, this will continue on into the adult years, so it's a good conversation to have now. A suggestion I would have is, if you're chatting with somebody who's absolutely into rugby, biggest rugby fan in the entire universe of rugby, and you're into board games, it can be very easy for somebody to say, well, I know nothing about rugby, so I don't know what to talk about there. If you don't know what to talk about, a good thing to try can be just ask questions. Be curious. Curious indicates interest. And a person can feel heard when you're interested in what they have to say. Which creates for a greater connection, which creates for a better conversation. Like questions like, oh rugby, what's your, do you have any funny rugby moments? Or what's your favourite rugby team? Who's your favourite player and why are they your favourite player? Things to expand the conversation. And even if you do spend a few minutes chatting about rugby, the thing is that person feels heard. They're after talking about something they like. And the connection is opened up there. And nine times out of ten, they're a lot more willing to chat about board games then. And maybe ask you some of the curious questions you ask them. And then you have two people talking. And within the big topics, there's subtopics. And asking others, well, what do you like about it? That suddenly can open up a whole branch of subtopics. So for example, what do you like about rugby? And the person goes, oh, I love the challenge of it. And I love the way they're like, it's fun as well. And you just don't know what's going to happen at times. So now you're in the realms of challenge. You're in fun. You're not going to happen at times. Okay, that last one isn't a good one. But anyways, <laughs> bear with me. Uh, so let's say you go into fun then. You're like, oh cool. What else do you like to do for fun? Or what other fun things have you done? Now you're in fun. And we all started from how are you? It started as rugby, which you're not interested in, perhaps. And now we're down into fun. So the conversation keeps opening. This, this can develop over minutes and minutes and minutes. And by the end, that person's talked, well, as I was saying, they're definitely going to be a lot more on for talking about board games then. As I said in a previous podcast, I did an episode on why self-awareness matters for teens. And I talked specifically about introversion and extroversion. So forgive me, this is a bit of a big picture, general outline thing here of introversion. This is to do with somebody who could be a bit quieter and somebody who rather one-to-one conversations and likes to spend time on their own in a good way. Whereas an extrovert is somebody who'd be considered far more outgoing, could be talking in front of a group of people in a class and could be considered a bit louder as well. So let's say somebody, and oftentimes it's somebody who'd have a preference for introversion that I chat about these things with. So future pacing them again, I'd say, well, do you know what? What would happen now, I'd say, if all your classes got changed tomorrow morning and now you know nobody in the class, every single class. And for them, that's an absolute worst case scenario. However, it does get them to think about, well, what am I going to do? So I'd say to them, there's a hierarchy of how outgoing somebody is. From the top of the ladder to somebody who's like really outward, like as they talk, they'd like really high preference for expression. They'd involve the whole class into everything. They can be heard across the room, down the way to somebody who'd be the most inward, who maybe it takes a few classes chatting with them to get to know them. But when you do then, they're more talkative, but it takes that initial few classes. And then there's the middle, somebody who's a bit outgoing and a bit inward as well. And by inward, I mean their thoughts are inward, that they process things internally and they do mix, of course. However, they like to think things out on their own rather than an extrovert who might like to discuss with others the whole time about the problem and uh, get everybody involved. So as I'd say to somebody who's a preference for introversion, I'd say aiming for the middle is a good place to start. 
Now, of course, people don't go around wearing numbers on their forehead going, I'm definitely a 10 on how outward I am or I'm a 1 or whatever. But you'll get a general feel. The reason I suggest the middle is because, and of course, this is just in the context of trying out this conversation start and stuff, because it's so important to include everyone. I can't, I can't... Uh, reiterate that enough um like somebody who'd be the most inner person in class they could have a multitude of things to say and the thing is they could be having hours of dialogue in their head there could be a frenzy of activity up in their head of dialogue and self-talk and just because they're not verbalizing it it doesn't mean that they don't talk or doesn't mean that they're really quiet it's just that they have a preference for certain things so in for the middle would mean that you'd have somebody who would talk back to you in that one class and a bit of a conversation would start at the same time though since they wouldn't be the most outward they wouldn't do something like i gave one example where i remember years ago i was on a music course and man like i was so quiet as a teenager at times um when i wouldn't be with my own friends and i went to a choir it was a choir thing back in 2003 and i was like 17 and the courses for 17 to i think 31 year olds and <laughs> at the time a 31 year old seemed ancient to me not now though so I went along and all of a sudden I was jammed like and I went talking with one person who and I didn't know what introversion I didn't know any of this stuff I went talking to one person in the canteen at a break and my thing really was to go under the radar just talk one to one with them and hopefully not draw much attention to myself now I happened to pick probably the biggest extrovert in the whole of the choir and I said how are you enjoying the choir they turned around with oh man it's so good and not only was it so good it was so good they decided to bring in four people around us into the conversation and I immediately went into my shell and as the week went on I developed uh, more of an appreciation for going okay so if I talk to this person they'll talk to me one to one won't bring anyone else in but like school and like other environments the point of that is as the week went on, I got comfier in the environment. So by the last day, once more people were involved, it was fine. So starting out small and expanding the circle of conversation. Right, I think I'm going to wrap it here. That marks the longest podcast I've done so far. But as I was saying, this, to me, this is where it's at. It's such an important topic. Um, because when the phones are gone, at times, like school, we're left to the old-fashioned thing of making eye contact and moving our mouths. So I hope you found this of value. As I was saying, I'd love to hear your thoughts and I'd love to hear some feedback. So if you want to drop me an email or a comment someplace, uh, feel free. You'll get it in the description below. Thanks so much for listening and taking the time. We'll catch you soon.